Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Wrestling Art with Chris Things. Gentlemen, welcome to what is, I believe, episode four of Wrestling Art with Chris Things. I am Chris Things, your host this week and every week. This is our Match of the Week edition, our, our weekly little special ski of the, the podcast where we talk about what I've picked to be my Chris Things Match of the Week. Uh, you know, just my favorite match that I watched that week and I deemed good enough to make an art of. Uh, so we're going to be talking about the match, we're going to be talking about the art, and we're going to be talking to a very special friend, a uh, uh, man, former co-host of the prestigious Grown Man Watch This Shit podcast. Welcome to the show, Mr. James Vanderbeek. Woo! Hey, buddy, thanks for having me again. Um, also, people here with me is my cat. He'll be joining the show. <laughs> Fucking adorable. <laughs> I didn't have to say to him, I just had to make eye contact. <laughs> I love that so much. It's basically like um I always dug on the uh do you ever see that uh, my favorite murders podcast where they had the the cat as basically a guest on the show? I have not. That is a tremendous I I'm stealing their gimmick though. You should. I mean I was gonna say I could give a shit about them hearing actually talk about um the murders. I just want to hear about like their lives and the cat and you know that kind yeah. of shit. I love cats. I'm a big dog guy now, but cats are, you know, they're near and dear to my heart. So, yeah, Hudson's here. If you need any commentary, his opinion, just let me know. Hello, Hudson. <laughs> I mean, you're a dude that swings both ways, really, what? when it Wait, comes what? to the dog versus cat thing, right? Oh, <laughs> oh man. I was like, don't let that word get out there. That's just joking. <laughs> hey, we're, we're a very fluid, friendly podcast. Yeah, here, man. You know? I don't know where I fall on the Kinsey scale. I don't know. Who knows? <laughs> but we, we do not have to put ourselves into Are you boxes. familiar with the Kinsey scale? No, I'm not. Yeah. What is no. this? The Kinsey scale, it's basically how it's this gentleman who studied his, I think he's John Kinsey. He developed a scale of how gay people are, basically. He says no one's really straight or gay. It's kind of a scale where you fall on. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. I've heard such things. The Kinsey scale. Yeah. Right. Interesting. Well, there you go. We bring more than just wrestling art. We bring all sorts of... Now we go into talking about men rubbing on each other, and, you know, the Kinsey scale kind of goes hand in hand. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Who Whoever was to say that wrestling was a homoerotic sport? <laughs> whoever de declined or denied it is a fool. <laughs> Nothing wrong with that, as, as Jerry yeah. would say. Was it Jerry who said that in the episode? Oh, now I, you put me on the spot. I don't fucking know. I don't remember. <laughs> Were you much of a Seinfeld dude? I am. I'm obsessed, but now I can't fucking remember. I think they both said it like intermittently, so I don't know who first said it. I think Jerry may have been the first one to said it. Okay. Well, if I'm yeah. if I'm wrong, please, please, people come out and pull, shout us down. It's the internet. If you make something incorrect, they will definitely let you know. We will see. We'll see. But how's uh, how's your weekend, man? You're pretty action packed. Oh, I'm tired. Uh, it was a lot of fun. Two tremendous nights of action packed action. Uh, GCW and Defy running back to back up at Washington Hall, and yeah, it was. 
Man, exhausting. Beautiful venue, might I say. Oh, beautiful. beautiful. Yeah, and uh, they kind of, uh, Defy kind of changed their setup, the way the entry, and they kind of even took advantage of how it looks even more now. So it looks even better, in my opinion. Ooh. But yeah, awesome. Um, tremendous showing by Joey Ryan. Or not Joey, whoa, holy shit. Cut that out. Oh, oh my boy, God! You this needs to be cut. <laughs> cut back. that out. That name. Why that name came out? Oh my God! Uh, actually, I meant Joey Janela, who is so much not Joey Ryan. But Joey Janela had two separate matches that went over forty minutes each. Slightly different times, I want to say. Sleazy, yes, but in their own ways. One more really of a sleaze, and not so much lovable creep. <laughs> fuck they. Please cut that out. I don't. How the fuck? <laughs> I'll leave it in. Leave it in. But oh. Yeah, Joey Janela, tremendous weekend. His match with Kenta, probably one of the best matches I've ever seen in person. Fucking, I would love to see that. That sounds like such a delightfully unique match. He's underrated, in my opinion. Like Joey is great. He sells like a, like he sells like death. Like everything looks like he just got murdered, and it looks fantastic. Oh, big fan. He was like the first thing that got me uh, falling in love with GCW back in the day. Um, and I fucking loved, I heard someone this week, and I cannot believe it, bury that um, rad match that Joey had with uh, John Moxley on like the main event of, I don't know if it was like Fighter Fest or something the fucking AEW back in the day. Yeah, it was Fighter Fest. Fucking nonsense. I fucking loved that match. People, like, one, the guy who was complaining said he, the first person who actually started bitching about it said he was, he didn't like it because he actually had to pay for it because he wasn't in the country. I'm like, and everyone else appreciated it because they got it for free. That's what his point was. Like, no, this is objectively a good match. I'm pretty sure I had to pay for, I think I had to pay for like the AEW Plus to watch it. And I was like, See? that show was great. There you go. There you go. Yeah, no complaining over here. Yeah, I, I really like I put Joey in, in with anybody and I think Joey can make magic because he's just an interesting performer and he, you know, the, the style clashes is what makes good matches. For sure. And I was always, like, real sad, like, um, when he originally got uh, kind of, like, cut or not renewed from AEW. Because I just thought he was a dude that just, they didn't get his vibe. They didn't, like, capture his magic. Like, similar like a dude like um, Jack Evans, for example. They never, like, caught his kind of, like, magic in a bottle. I don't know what it is about these kind of dudes. But I was, like always thought Joey had the potential to be kind of like this generation's version of like a Cactus Jack in early 90s WCW kind of vibe. You know what I'm saying? Oh, 100%. And then they appeared like when he first was part of AEW, like they were going full force with him and they must have pulled back. Maybe he just like got lax on like either training or something. But something must have happened. They kind of soured on him, I guess. It seemed like his momentum came to a fucking stop as soon as he got put together with like sunny kiss yeah and then that son of just like kind of was just dead on arrival in a way well that almost seemed like a last ditch effort that seemed like a like like we gotta try something else with joey and sunny because people like them so they put them together mm. and honestly i think people liked it at first they just didn't go anywhere with it because the vignettes were cool them cruising around in the car together like it was just a a weird pairing and it was interesting, but yeah, I guess not. Yeah, I remember that first lot of vignettes. I kind of gave um, Lucha Underground vibes a little bit from back in the day. Oh, yeah, totally. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, but so uh, Joey and Kenta, good stuff. What else uh, were the, the highlights there? Uh, GCW had a six-man Luchador match uh, that was fucking a... Uh, oh, 
the new team of Los Desperados, which is Gringo Loco, I think a Rez, and I think it's Latigo. Mm-hmm. What is it, Chris? Do you know? He's like a little stocky luchador. Is it I always just read it as Latigo, okay. but I don't know whether that's actually the correct pronunciation or not. But it was him, or those guys versus uh, Horace. Um, I think uh, Aramis was out there. And fuck, the last guy is escaping me. I watched a lot of wrestling this weekend, dude. Uh, but anyway, that that match, the Luchador was so insane, and it went so long. Like people, were like even Joey commented after when his match went on how long that match was. But it, the whole thing was exciting because you know Luchador. Did he right? have to go on after the Luchadors? Yeah, yeah, he was main event. Oh wait, no, uh, yeah, but no, he did have to go after the Luchadors too on the both nights or on that night, yes. Oh man, Joey main evented the second night, but he did have to go after the Luchadors, yes. I would. That is the worst place to be. Oh man, it was so it was wild. One interesting thing is Defy usually has an intermission, and this uh, GCW doesn't go with that approach. So Defy just followed suit. So the second night, people just stayed in their seats and they ran through because honestly, the vibe was so strong. It'd be weird to kind of just. You know, all right, we're going to um, chill out for a second and uh, take a break. But I yeah. don't know. I'm personally a big fan of intermissions. I don't think there's anything wrong with a wrestling intermission. Even if you've got a live, like, you know, internet broadcast going on, give people a chance to get up, get some fucking food, get some coffee, get some, some alcohol, have a little, little smoke ski, you know? Nothing oh, wrong with 100%. that. 100%. I don't disagree with you by any means. I, I love intermission. I was actually kind of annoyed that I didn't go out to get to go out and smoke the joint I had in my pocket. Um, but at the same time, it was like the vibe was so strong. It'd be, and the matches were so hot. No, nobody really wanted to leave. They kind of gave everyone the opportunity. Like, Hey, you guys cool. If we keep it going. And the fans all kind of cheered. Yeah. So we kept it going. I would love if there was like two people that were like, no, we want yeah. to smoke some weed. Do we, we have to be, edibles. does it have to be unanimous? Can we, <laughs> <laughs> Let me actually look at the Show results. Show hands, please. I'm going to grab the <laughs> results real quick so I can make sure that I do not miss anything. Give me one second, sir. Sure thing. This is proper podcast behavior. It's like look things up after you're on the show, not prior to the this show. way far more exciting. You know, it's like who knows a, what's going to happen? What, what's going on? We're looking um, up the things for you, the listener. You know, yeah, yeah. it's the favor that we're doing. <laughs> Um, all right, so yeah, I mentioned the jail. No thing, Cody Chun he beat Gringo Loco for Devise Primo Lucha title. I think they're actually uh gonna do a whole lucha separate division for like a actual shows, you know what I mean? Like a full mm. lucha shows for Defy. I can't say cool. for sure, but then I mean, all- they, they did summit the the is it the Tacoma Sundome, they've done that a little bit before. Exactly, exactly. They might repeat that act and actually, you know, establish that as a separate brand, I believe. Cool. Uh, then the match from the second night you really need to check out is there's a team, a bunch of Canadian guys called The Sovereign, mm-hmm. and they took off uh, Nick Gage, Ooh. Speedball Mike Bailey, Bailey and uh, Artemis. Bailey? Get, Mike... Getting a bit Aussie there, mate. I don't know what happened there. <laughs> and then uh, fucking Artemis Spencer, Canadian guy. You're familiar with him, right? I am, I am. Former Defy champion. But yeah, that match, it was fucking bonkers. So if anything, you want to check out the, from the second night, look for that one, and then the main event. Okay, sounds good. 
Hot, hot recommendations there. James Vanderbeek's recommendations for GCW and Defy for all of our, our listeners. Yeah, if I was Sean Scoville, I would rate everything on the Scoville scale, and this gives a Scoville scale of four. Ooh, wow. Yeah. Out of out of twenty seven, so you don't know where I'm coming from. <laughs> it's like the uh, the old Meltzy scale, where it's like we have no idea what the ceiling of this scale is. <laughs> exactly, he established. We thought it was five stars. Where, where's this guy going? <laughs> I do, do want to give a special shout out. I only just realised today what your um, little Skype photo thing is. It's, it's oh, you and, and Uncle Dave. Yeah, me and Big Dave. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot it was on there too. <laughs> Thanks for pointing that out. It's a beautiful picture. I, I think that that was at Bolo one year. I'm not sure which one, but yeah, uh, <laughs> that's hilarious. I have another <laughs> one with him, and uh, you know Derek. Me and him and Derek all together yeah, yeah. in line at Bolo. It's a pretty good one. Oh, lovely. Yeah, I remember uh, my first Bolo. Um, get it, Dave was there, and I got got a little photo, and I. Don't know why, but I just refer reverted to like the state of like being like it's such a like a nervous school child around like fucking Uncle Dave. Like I met like all these like famous wrestlers, and I could give a shit because you know I used to be a worker back in the day. But for whatever reason, I was around Uncle Dave, and I was like, oh, I'm so fucking nervous. I don't <laughs> know what it was. No, and honestly, then, oh fuck. Same thing happened again for Wembley. So uh, we went over for the um, big AEW All In show in Wembley, and um, so we were doing a thing where I, I printed up some of my uh, my zines, mm -hmm. and was thinking, oh yeah, this would be a good idea. There's a bunch of wrestling fans around. I can like you know give some some zines to some different people and, and get some uh, some art publicity going. And of all people, we're on a fucking the same um, train and the the tube, as the, the Londoners like to call it, and we're in the same fucking carriage with a uh, Big Dave and and Brian. Good old. Chico Alvarez. Yeah, and I was just like, same, straight up. Like, my mates were like, oh, Dave's right there. You should give him a zine. And I was just like, I, I mean, I don't know if I was, like, a little bit high also, but I was like, I am far too nervous to do that. <laughs> <laughs> But then my buddy David ends up like fucking going straight over to Dave and saying, Mr. Meltzer, can I talk to you about Jesus? He did? Our Lord and Savior Jesus That's Christ. amazing. <laughs> <laughs> and then, yeah, he's a good sport. And he like was, uh, Brian uh, popped for Caimanito being on the, the cover of the zine and they were both quite delightful about it and quite complimentary. So I was, I was stoked about that. So you did pass one off to him? Yeah, yeah, they both uh, took one, and yeah, it was just quite a, a nice little little thing. It was quite delightful, Fucking right. despite my by the nervous, way nervous Nelly yeah. uh, approach to it. You're such a personable guy. I'm surprised you had some nerves, but you know what? Hundred percent. When I the first time I met Dave, I would definitely was more nervous than when I meet wrestlers. And I'm like, yeah, fuck all with the wrestlers. I don't give a damn. I met plenty of wrestlers, but yeah, here's fucking dirt sheet Dave. Hello, sir. Can I get a photo? <laughs> By the way, I, I figured out who the the luchador I was forgetting, and I feel terrible now. It was Laredo Kid. Oh, he's oh, fucking... great! Right. Yeah, he's that tremendous. Wrestler. And then yeah, the uh, Joey on the first night, he's faced Speedball, and that was incredible. Like again, style clashes just meshing perfectly together. That was a wild one. Ooh, that sounds great. Mm -hmm. Big fan of Speedball. 
That was so good. Well, yeah, I reckon I gotta gotta get speedball up in this uh, match of the week business for sooner or later. Yeah, man. I remember he had one match in PWG. I want to say it was maybe night one of a bowler a little while back, but a match uh, Mike Bailey and Hero from back in the day before uh, Bailey got kicked out of the country for that um, weird visa nonsense where yeah. he was like not allowed to wrestle in America for like five years. But that match, dude, was fucking fire. Yep, I do recall. Do you recall this? Yes, sir. Indeed. He had a crazy run before he got fucking banned. Like, mm. And then he came back like rarely you think people can pick up the steam from where they were, but he did so and more like he's yeah. the year he had this year was fucking like he's probably the MVP of the year as far as the independent scenes go. Dude, so good. And it's like he got like you're saying, he got better after that run, after that forced exodus. I don't know if part of it was like he was working for DDT for a while. I remember I went to a, a show uh, quite a few years back now at um, Shinjuku Face in um, DDT, and he looked so fucking good. He was probably one of the best parts about that that show. But I reckon it seems like always a thing. Whenever dudes like go to Japan for a little bit, they always come back better, you know? Oh, yeah, it's like grind. Would they say iron sharpens iron or whatever? So yeah, yeah for sure. And I, I have to, I did misspeak. I think Joey Janela did main event both nights. So yeah, he went after the luchadors and then closed the second night as well. That guy is a fucking animal. Mister main event. Oh yeah, Mister GCW. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, big fan of Joey. Big fan. <laughs> Um, yeah, man, I, my weekend was, was pretty full, full on too. It was actually my, my birthday. Happy birthday, sir. I turned a, a year older over the weekend. Thank you. Thank you. Appreciate it. The funniest thing about this birthday, might I tell you, I was like approaching this like birthday. It's one of those ones getting, getting up there a little bit, you know, getting yeah. closer to the, the big old four O, which I don't think is the biggest deal. You know, I'm like trying to be like chill about that kind of thing. In the rear view from me, your friend. <laughs> I mean, I feel like my 40s are going to be my, my happiest years. So, I, you know, 40 is the new 30 or whatever. Not a big deal. Yeah. But anyway, I was like getting a little bit like I was looking at where I was at in life, you know, that sort of like big picture, like, oh, fuck, you know. I'm, uh, I'm turning 38. Uh, where what, what am I doing? You know, I'm looking at this like art career stuff and obviously need to like push this forward a little bit more than where it's at at the moment, um, make a bit more progress. And I was like getting a little bit like kind of like feeling the pressure, you know what I mean? Sure. And then I'm like talking to um, my mum, you know, on the, the, the day, doing that little, you know, happy birthday parental chat that, that a lot of us do. And she, I was told her, I'm like, you know, wow, big, big three eight. She's like, you're not 38. You, you just turned 37. <laughs> so I gained a whole last year of life. It's like I had a birthday and I went backwards. So this whole what last year result. you're running around thinking you were 37 already? <laughs> yeah. Where where do you think you fucked up? Like what year do you think you fucked up? I don't I don't guess I just didn't do the the math. Like I I was born in 86. Um, yeah, but how long have you been using the wrong birthday? But... Clearly, was it like when you moved away from your parents and one day like you were stoned and you're just like, oh, I must be fucking 37. <laughs> or I must be 17 or whatever. Like I don't know, dog. Like That's amazing. 
there's a time when you just sort of like they get modelled up. You just like get some years, keep adding on, and you're just like, oh yeah, I'm around about. I know I'm past thirty five. You know, that's sort of the benchmark, and then they all kind of get a little bit blurry. <laughs> I I was born on a year with a zero at the end, so it been quite it became quite easy to oh, track how old I was. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, my uh, my partner's the same. She's she's uh, nineteen ninety, so it makes her uh, age a little bit easier. But yeah, for, for us eighty uh, sixes, I don't know. I don't know if anyone else has had these issues. But all in all, I think it was a positive. I still feel a bit of pressure that I have to you know keep turning up the uh, the progress with this uh, art career shit. But at least you know I'm I'm still officially closer to my mid thirties. I, I just haven't. Just- Vision of you on this phone call, your mother. No, love, you're 37. And then <laughs> a light literally hits you, and this cloud moves away that you were <sighs> under, and you're like, "What?" <laughs> <laughs> I was so excited, dude. I like, I was like, yelled out a part as downstairs. I'm like, Kaylin, great news! I'm a year younger. <laughs> <laughs> this year I got younger than I thought I was gonna be. <laughs> Amazing. Big Only pop. you, Chris. Big pop. Oh, no, that's lovely. Thanks, man. <laughs> so that's that's a little bit of an insight into me as a person. <laughs> as an overall guy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that basically sums me up as a person in a lot of ways. You're very chill. How the fucking old are you? Yeah. 37, apparently. I like how you're stressed out about it and, like, literally at the same time are not, you don't care enough to actually know the number. (laughs) That's, like, simultaneously (laughs) two different sides of you. Like, (laughs) like, I'm so worried about this number, but at the same time, I I don't care enough to know how actually how old I was. It's like I simultaneously care too much and not enough. Yeah, indeed. I love it. Yeah, oh well. But uh, yeah, it was a nice, nice birthday. Did the the birthday party on the night before, so the the day itself felt on a Saturday. So did the um, the Friday night party. But then I forgot about the negative of that is you then spend most of your birthday like hungover as fuck. Because as as a thirty seven year old. I just can't put them back like I used to, man. I was, like, fucking feeling rough. Yeah, like when you were 37 last year. <laughs> right. <laughs> Apparently I took a flip bump into a garden, so that was the thing. A forward flip, and then you landed on your back? Yeah. Oh, you're fucking maniac. Um, It was, it was going uphill, uh, so I think... I under-rotated and probably landed on my neck. So, in theory, I took a spike bump. Yeah, I think that even ups the difficulty. (laughs) So you wonder why I'm feeling so rough the day after. Just a a spike bump in someone's front yard. Beautiful. I'm a very sensible person, you know. Hey, man, once once you get a few pops in you, things are bound to happen. Yeah, yeah, nothing wrong with that. But uh, then the, the following day, I think I told you about this. I was real stoked. So for the after the hangover wore off, we went out for a nice little dinner and then went to um, Brian Jonestown Massacre. Oh yeah, who I am a big fan of. Um, I've loved uh, Anton and his ridiculous shenanigans for for many years now. Um, so we got to see that at the the Princess Theatre in uh, Woolloongabba in suburb of Brisbane, and it was amazing. But 
the I mean, have you seen any um, Brian Jones and Massacre gigs? You know, sort of like what to expect here. I have never seen them live. I am familiar with the sound, not the live show. Uh, I listen to Black Rubber Motorcycle Club. I think they've like played toured together before, so kind of a oh yeah. Are they like a like a psychedelic rock vibe? Yeah, yeah, kind of like garage music psychedelic kind of um, vibe. But I mean, the the sort of more pointed part of it is that. Their live sets are kind of famous for the um, sort of like a, a confrontation, um, like Anton, in a sense, is a massive piece of shit. So, <laughs> I mean, I love him. He's like an amazing artist, but also he's clearly a massive piece of shit. Um, and he sort of gets off on through the gig showing off his massive piece of shitness, almost like that's like a character that people have come to expect now. So um, there's different points in the gig where he'll just be like making his fellow band member's life like a living hell. Um, Like there's this whole bit on stage where like he was like dressing down like the other dude, like telling him that he needs to like, this isn't a cafe, man. You got to look, look at the crowd. You got to stand face the fucking crowd. Okay. (laughs) And then all the while he's then playing with his back to the crowd. (laughs) And then he like just picked various fights with different people in the, in the audience, got a (laughs) couple of people either threatened to get them kicked out or actually got them kicked out when they started like shouting shit back there was a point where i felt like there was almost a um almost like some sort of ruckus of brewing because there was like drink fucking uh holders being thrown at the stage it was a fucking vibe man my favorite part was like there was a bit where he was like he, he generally took about five minutes between songs right Mm. And that tune up and just like this is just not on him to go like song to song, bam, bam, bam. You gotta make the people feel like they want it, you know, draw it out a little bit. I get that from a storytelling perspective. Um and he was like, you know what, I'm a fucking human and I need to piss. So I'm gonna go and I'll be back in around five minutes. I'm gonna go piss. <laughs> this is during the set, by the way. <laughs> so then we get like the other band members put together this really cool, almost like um, Grateful Dead-esque, like, jam sesh while he was pissing. Uh, you almost wonder if, like, that was all a bit. Yeah, and that's exactly it, dude. So that's what I was going to say. It's, like, almost reminded me a bit of pro wrestling to where it's, like, he's almost, like, like a heel pro wrestler. And it's like he's almost purposely being like a bad guy kind of deal. He's baby facing the rest of the band. <laughs> I know. I mean, he's baby facing the rest of the band by being the heel and and turning, ripping into him. Like the fans are like, "Oh, now I'm rooting for that bass player to fucking knock him out." <laughs> when are we? When are we going to get the comeback of the dude on on um, Triangle? You know? Yeah, Anton needs his comeuppance. <laughs> oh, I but. You, you sort of know what to expect with that. So it's like I sort of look at it as like it's a whole kind of like um, almost like a performance art kind of deal, similar to wrestling, you know. It's like sure. the whole thing is you're paying for the entire spectacle. But then there's some people who like don't really know what to expect. And I think they were the ones who were getting like kind of like audibly pissed off. But my uh, my girlfriend, Kayla, she also had like no idea what to expect. Um, and she was just like, what the fuck is going on? This guy is such an asshole. That's awesome. And I was like, yeah, that's that's kind of the whole thing. But yeah, unique gig experience. Would recommend. Sounds fun. Maybe not for everybody. (laughs) 
Just don't yeah, don't stand in front. Don't don't make eye contact with Anton. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> There's an, an amazing um documentary actually out uh it's a bit of an old one. Let me just double check the name of it. Uh, Dig was a 2004 documentary um, that uh, covered the, the the rise of the Dandy Warhols and Brian Jonestown Massacre because they both kind of like came up in the same scene. And the, the movie's fantastic because it captures like sort of the implosion of of the two. I would say Brian Jonestown Massacre way more talented as a, as a band, but like the implosion of the band again probably because of Anton's piece of shittedness um, and the rise of the Dandy Warhols. Fantastic music documentary. Would recommend. That's my plug for the week. So they're uh, Brian Jonestown is also a Portland act. I believe so. Yeah. yeah, I'm a fan of the Warhol site. Oh no, I think they're more they're more San Francisco actually. Oh, so but, he, but similar, you know, fairly West close. Coast yeah, scene. Yeah. yeah, the Warhols are rad, man. I really uh, the song uh, Lou Weed, where they basically are doing an impression of the Velvet Underground, is a great tune. Have you heard that one? So I, I don't think I have, but I am a big uh, Velvet Underground Lou Reed fan. Oh, yeah. So I think you would enjoy it. it. It's, yeah, it's called uh, Lou Weed. Oh, check that out. Man, this has been tremendous. This is a real throwback to our, our classic uh, grown men watch this shit days. Yes, us <laughs> rambling about random stuff that just popped into our head. Yeah. Sure. There's nothing wrong with that. Uh, no, sir. It's because we haven't spoken in forever. Yeah, man. And we're we're making it through this. Fu- there's a slight bit of delay, and hey, we're fighting through it. It's fine. It's fine. You yeah. know, I might I might tighten that up in post. I might not. We'll see how we go. <laughs> Who cares, buddy? But anyway, <laughs> yeah, I'm sure uh, everyone sort of uh, expects a height of uh, professionalism from this show, similar to our our last one. We did yep. make it to 49 episodes. Not to pat ourselves on the back too much, but that's an accomplishment. I was was hoping a nice round 50 would have been beautiful. Isn't it funny the way things work out? For a farewell show. (laughs) Get back together for the farewell. Yeah, we can finally do that show that's entirely, uh, entirely uh, nonsense. The one where we never actually get to talk about the wrestling we always teased. Oh, beautiful. Yeah, yeah. We could have like all of the the guests, former guests of the show. We'll get uh, John on. We'll get Ooh. Ben on. Didn't we? Who did we have as actual wrestler? Didn't we have uh, Bronson Reed on? No. Yeah, yeah, we had Jonah on. I don't know who this Jonah character is. Oh, um, Mr. Bronson, right? Yeah, exactly. The Australian bastard son of Charles Bronson, I assume. Is that what the name uh, indicates? I imagine so. All these Australian wrestlers. Oh, speaking of fucking Australian wrestlers. But uh, Kyle, man, Kyle's getting some. Now that Marcus Dunk Davis is hurt, you know. You got to fucking step up, and they've got Kyle standing in a suit next to Don Callis. What do you think about that? Yeah, I mean, uh, good for good for him. Um, I, I think anytime you have like a tag team where one dude's on the out, it's always a weird thing where one of the you know he takes a breather till his partner comes back, or does he get a bit of a um, you know singles kind push of ski. kind of push ski? Uh, and yeah, I think uh, from the sounds of it, he's been killing it. I always thought Kyle was like mad uh, talented. Um, I reckon he's one of these dudes that's like give him a few years and he'll be like you know next Will Ospreay kind of deal. You know what I mean? For sure. I just hope they slide davis back in there because i honestly oh for sure 
Davis is tremendous. Like, and they put him over big when he was there. What actually is the injury? You know what happened? I'm yeah, not um. I don't look into injury reports too often. That pay per view match uh, they had against uh, FTR, uh, the the Wrestle Dream show oh, in yeah. um in Seattle. Uh, he. He he broke his wrist um, mid match and then like kept fucking wrestling with it. Like I don't know if you noticed if you watched that one, but like he basically continued to wrestle the match like one handed for about the last third of the match. Like just some fucking baller like that's a tough Japan guy shit. big balls wrestler kind of style. Yeah, man. mad Talking respect to that, but it. Probably wasn't very good for his um his wrist because it's all all fucked up. Um, so yeah, he's uh, out for an uh, uh, indefinite amount of time. But yeah, big Fuck. big love to um Davis. I hope you get well soon, buddy. Yes, sir. Always a big fan of that tag team. Yeah. And him especially. He's all he was super kind to me. I never really got to chat with Kyle, but. Yeah, Dave is a good dude. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, but yeah, hey, uh, I think they're obviously one of the best tag teams going. And um, when they do get back together, I feel that um, they obviously need that proper big time um, run at the the top of the AEW tag division with the with the straps strap them on up. Yep, yep. Hopefully so, that happens soon. Hell yeah. But we are here not to talk about AEW, not to talk about the various other things that we've talked about so far today, but we are here to talk about... I got into the Kinsey scale. Things got weird. I think this is one of our best, like, fucking ADD all over the place, uh, batshit crazy chats we've had so far, where either, like, got people being like, what the fuck is this? Or, like, I don't know. Anyway, we were here to talk about the match of the week, and the match of the week this week that I uh, I picked was a timely one, uh, based on the uh, return after like three years off on the shelf of one of my favourite wrestlers to ever do it, uh, reigniting one of the the greatest um, rivalries and, and series of matches that, that I can remember in in quite a while, um, the the return of Chris Hero um, and uh, reigniting that feud that had a series of, of just great uh, acclaimed matches that they had over the years of him and um, Timothy Thatcher. So they had the big West Coast show over the weekend that was Hero's comeback. Um, um, wrestling Thatcher for the first time since, like, I want to say it was, like, 2015 or something. You'd think I should know this, but anyway. But it got me going down a bit of a... I believe that is the case. Oh, well, if, if, that's, if that's the case, I'm giving myself a bit of a pat on the back there. Um, but it got me going down a rabbit hole. I watched the sick um, highlight video that... Um, there were two, actually, that I want to make mention of. So there was one that was like an awesome breakdown of all of the matches that they had and sort of a, a real um, insight historian kind of thing, picking up all of, like, the best thing about these series of matches, right, is, like, all the little nods and callbacks and that kind of shit. And this video did a tremendous job of summing that all up and priming you for this one. But the, the video that um, Joseph uh, Montesillo put together awesome watch um that was that was so well done and watching that that got me up to the the pwg match and then i was like you know what i actually really want to just re-watch this match you know just straight up i don't want to just watch it in sort of like highlight form Truncated. so then i just uh popped it in 
I, uh, I fired up the old uh, High Spots uh, subscription and I uh, chucked on uh, Bowler 2015 and I watched that match and gosh darn it, that match was a bloody rip snorter. All about it. So much fun. So that became my match of the week. Uh, their, their PWG match in their amazing series. Um, and then, obviously, I got to watch the, the comeback match uh, this past uh, Saturday as well, which was just a delightful time too. But, uh, my friend, I specifically knew that I had, of all people, to get on this show to talk about this match. When I was watching this this match at PWG at our beautiful uh, Reseda um, American Legion post number 308, beautiful. Legion Larry's house, uh, just one of the greatest wrestling venues of all time. When I was watching it, they brawl on the outside, and who do I bloody see? Uh-oh. Who's, who's standing there with his beer, with his bullet club shirt, with his oversized glasses? But... My dear friend, Mr. Mister Uncle Beak. Hey. What the heck? <laughs> what a great little surprise. So I'm like, of course, you got to get you on here. You were there. Indeed. I, it's always fun to watch, like, gifts of me, like, all of a sudden either not paying attention or getting really excited about what's going on because people gift the hell out of PWG. And I've been lucky enough to make it to mm. a lot of bolas and seeing a lot of good gifable matches. But, yeah. I didn't even know that this existed, this particular moment. So I actually I'm like, oh, Chris, <laughs> I gotta see this. So I looked it up. It's it's pretty funny actually. Like they get really close to me, and I'm almost like miffed that I have to get out of their way. And then all of a sudden, I realize the camera is right next to me, and I'm like, oh shit, there's a camera. <laughs> The best bit was like, I tell you this with a message, right? And you're like, oh, did I look excited? And I was like, <laughs> no, you looked like, if anything, you were annoyed that they were interrupting you drinking your beer and you had to get out of their way. It sounded like I was selling it and then I looked at it. No, I was more like, oh, okay, everyone, move out of the way. Because I had already moved a lot at that particular moment. <laughs> if you watch the match yourself, you'll see that they're brawling in this one area an area that I had already cleared out of. And then all of a sudden they just start literally fighting my direction. And I'm like, okay, I guess I got to get out of the way. <laughs> I'm such a big guy. And then I realized like, I, I do got to get out of the way. I'm too big to stand here. <laughs> I mean, for people who may not be familiar with uh, that beautiful little shitty Legion hall. Um, it's, it's quite a cramped, you know, quarters there. And uh, these bowlers at that time were, like, the, probably the hottest ticket in wrestling, you know. Um, and mm-hmm. so they're just, like, packed as many motherfuckers in there like sardines as you humanly can. It's kind of part of the experience that, like, you're going to get a pitcher of beer spilt on you, like, when people get excited enough. That's just, like, there's no way around it. You know yeah, I mean? you're going to lose beer that way. And then also, to go back, I was wearing a sweet Bullet Club bandana, not sunglasses. I don't wear sunglasses inside during Bullet, you silly goose. <laughs> <laughs> For some reason, my my mental uh, image of you had you in, in oversized sunglasses looking like um, fucking Mr. Mr. What's his name from MLW? Oh, Mr. St. Laurent. <laughs> Yeah, MSL. <laughs> I would I would say you were a much more handsome gentleman than MSL. Not, oh, thank not, you. To, not to poo-poo on Mr. St. Laurent too much. Oh, though, no but, means. No, yeah. no. Yeah. Uh, dude, the, that's the best part of 
go into the receded legion hall like seriously like meeting people and just being elbow to elbow with literally crazy ass marks like yourself like the weirdo marks that Dude, that's how we originally met travel a hundred percent that's that's the best part that's how i met open mike eagle just sitting there and i realized i'm talking to this guy and i'm like hey wait a minute he looks like this rapper i'm a fan of and i just said are you mike and he's like yep i'm like oh shit <laughs> it's fucking hey crazy shit such like, a chill dude oh yeah i think best. i was um i met him at maybe the MLW after party of like Wale Mania that one year. Um, just such a chill, nice guy. For sure. But yeah, people who didn't get to make it out yeah. there missed out, unfortunately. Oh man, it still makes me like so sad to think that uh, the the Legion Hall, the home of PWG and, and beautiful scenic Reseda, no longer exists. But uh, yeah. you know, it is it is what it is. We we celebrate the memories. You know, be be happy that it happened. Don't be sad that it's over. That's the oh, way I like to look at it. That's beautiful. Did you did you think of that? Oh, that's, that's a Chris Thing's original right there. Fucking hey, bro. Shirts. Put that on shirts. <laughs> uh, do you think Legion Larry is still with us? Oh, I hope so. I, I man. So my uh, I only got to go to um, Reseda once, and it was for the, the final bowler that ever took place in um, Reseda. Was that the year he made me line leader? I think it might have been. <laughs> Leveling out these uh, these responsibilities for whatever reason, <laughs> you have to keep this line in order. Okay, Larry. <laughs> so great. He was like my main memory of Legion Larry. That one that I got to was I. I love the. There's, there's such a whole thing of like the way Excalibur does like the intro to the the show and everything, and is his beautiful catchphrase and start of show monologue almost like we're we're at a live taping of of letterman um but the part of it is that you know there is there is no smoking allowed in the the legion hall in uh in Reseda. the moment that he says no smoking legion larry is at the back of the the hall he lights up his cigar (laughs) legion larry does what he wants hell yeah he does that's hilarious People miss uh, Legion Larry, for those who have never met the gentleman, kind of looks like uh, Dr. Farnsworth from uh, Future <laughs> Rama. <laughs> but as Great an old point. man, well, he's an old man, but in a gray sweater and jeans and smoking a cigarette or a cigar. Yeah, looks he's identical. like a hard ass old Vietnam vet, yeah. basically. Didn't take no shit from us stupid ass wrestling fans. Oh man, just the best. I I hope Legion Larry is is living the the good life after after selling up his his old uh, American Legion post number three oh eight. Highlight one last thing about Legion Larry is when Max Landis showed up with pizza for everybody, and Legion Larry got pissed. <laughs> <laughs> what was it like about no no eating in the hall? He didn't want like pizza to be all over the place. No. Th- it was just too many people congregating eating pizza and like it became a whole rigmarole about all these pizzas that were out there it was <laughs> I don't, he might have been overreaching maybe he was just annoyed for whatever reason 
Maybe he didn't get a slice of pizza. I can't be oh, who's sure. Who's to say? Who's to say? Oh, man. Such beautiful memories. This is just the one of the greatest atmospheres you would ever experience in wrestling. Like, uh, the, the big bucket list one that I've got remaining is to, to see a big show in Arena Mexico, like a big CMLL show. That's sort of my last proper like, bucket list item for famous wrestling venues to go to. Um, but, like, I've been to, uh, you know, like sumo hall um in in tokyo or like korokan hall both mm. incredible venues um but i don't know if either of them have the the same kind of magic in the air that uh those those big pwg shows in um in Reseda had that's wild yeah when you said that you saw me and you're like i know i was there but i've only seen the match that one time in person so I'd love to watch it back with you. I didn't realize how c- close now that I was sitting to Dave Meltzer. Uh, like he was just like a couple chairs over and Charlie Saxton was right there too. Oh man, I miss PWG. Man, same. I uh, shout out to um, Super Dragon. Uh, sounds like he's gone through it a bit, um, a bit tough at the moment. For uh, sure. with the illness of his um, his partner. Um, so that's sort of a bit of an explanation why uh, PWG's kind of been a little bit on on hiatus lately. But um, man. Take it easy, no rush, get back to it when you get back to it. Us PWG faithful are a patient bunch, uh, and we'll be we'll be back when uh when you're back. For sure. And then scary enough on that, they almost lost their venue because the globe yeah. was the near closure. Yeah. Fucking wild. Which that would have been a wild time because that so like I mean it, it was never quite Reseda, but it's a lovely venue. I've heard like mixed things of some people saying they don't really like it, but I, I thought it was the reason the cool. complaints are is the drinks are super expensive, which I totally understand. The the, the phone reception in there is pretty shitty. Uh, that's oh, yeah, re- it's like a black hole, right? And yeah, it's fucking ridiculous. And it's like the area looks kind of scuzzy. I think that's the reason why people <laughs> didn't like it. But when you're in there, and you're not worried about your phone, you're just there to watch wrestling, it's beautiful. It's nice. Like, the air conditioning's nice. Like, it's so much more of a comfortable environment to watch wrestling compared to what we were saying about, like, Reseda being this, like, fucking sweat box. Um, I mean, you're right about the drinks. You you don't quite get those cheap. How much were the jugs back in the day at Reseda? I think you got a whole pitcher of beer. I think it was like between 12 and 14. It was like super cheap. And that was a whole pitcher of fucking beer. So great. I got so fucking drunk of the. <laughs> the other thing about the globe is that was rad is this is probably, you know, rad for selective people, but they had a smoking area where people are just oh. straight up just blazing weed, like doing yeah. dabs, like full on getting danked as fuck. And, you know that smells coming in, and no one from the building is saying shit. And so, in a sense, the magic of the Reseda car park did transfer over to the globe in that that smokers area, and you're just being able to get blazed, and everyone's like, "Yeah, dude, no problem." And people seem like way more. It honestly, I'll be hundred percent in Reseda. People did kind of stick to groups when they were getting stoned, but when you're up in that fucking smoking area, everyone's like, yeah, here, take this, here, take this. Like, you're getting shit passed from you every which way. It's fucking wild. It's a beautiful community environment, I would say. So I'm very happy that um, the Globe is is sticking around after that scary little moment where we thought it was uh, closing down forever. Mm Mm-hmm. 
You were actually the one that told me the good news on that one. I was, I didn't even know. You know who told me? Well, not told me, but I saw it. Uh, I guess he did try to tell me as well. Fucking Sean, hot tub, dude. Hot tub knew the scoop. Oh, that's a blast from the fa- from the past. Oh, yeah. I went and uh, hung out with some friends down there, and I actually went to Hot Tub's house and hung out with her and kicked and did some dabs. It was fun. Did you <laughs> actually get in the hot tub? I did not. His house was... Uh, I had totally different expectations when I before I went over to his house. But, yeah, it was surprisingly, like... Not totally crazy. He's got a lot of plush stuffed animals in his room that are just everywhere, which was hilarious. I'm like, Sean, <laughs> you got a lot of plush dolls. <laughs> Nothing wrong with that. No, 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 no. He just they were just fucking everywhere and he was showing them off to me. It's like a dog <laughs> when you get a toy. He's like, Hey, look at this thing I got. He just showed me all his plush. He was fun. Take that. Take that. All right. If we should talk about this wrestling match, not Sean and his Probably plush. should. <laughs> <laughs> the all journey right. has continued. <laughs> yes, indeed. So this match is crazy because, of course, everyone was had anticipation because the, the previous matches were so well-received. But this match started off with literally a minute and a half of exchange of chants of let's go hero, let's go Thatcher for a minute and a half as Chris Hero just meandered around the Legion Hall. I thought that was pretty great. What do you think of that? He soaked up that like chant as much as anyone possibly could. Like yeah. he was he was conducting those motherfuckers like a like a orchestra maestro. Um, I I loved it. It like Beautiful. sort of uh, yeah, totally captured a bit of that magic that we're talking about about the 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 venue and the PWG fans and everything too which I love but yeah just such an atmosphere from the go like these motherfuckers are hot as shit hype as fuck um they're like this was officially night 2 of um the of bola so like first round but um they would sort of separate the the first round over two nights uh, at that point but um yeah man so great to see like just everyone was just molten from the get-go and then you also had on commentary here was with excalibur was chuck taylor who is always very amusing and when you're live and in person you don't get to hear the hilarious quirky comments of chuck taylor so (laughs) i finally got to listen to this back it was tremendous uh so good when they first started out talking about tim's teeth and how you know he is british (laughs) they're still selling the british gimmick which at this point i think everyone knew that was a fucking nonsense (laughs) but i that really made me chuckle so good. I, I really loved um, Excalibur and Sexy Chucky T, uh, the commentary team of uh, PWG back in the day so much. Like, just walking that line beautifully of, like, semi-serious when they need to be, but also just ridiculous. Very silly. It's, yeah, PWG commentary was great. So good. It's such an interesting counterpoint now. You hear Excalibur, like doing professional commentary for AEW and like to, to throw back and listen to some like classic era PWG and get like that complete contrast. It's pretty great. Yeah. There was even a throwback to, he even pops himself throwing back to his old commentary. At one point, I think Chuck Taylor says Thatcher's a big boy. And then he's like, uh, I was like, not like Generico's a big boy though. Right. <laughs> <laughs> you know that old f- famous call. El Generico's a big boy. And then Kevin Steen's on commentary. Or Kevin Owens, he's like, what? What did you say? I've never heard you say that before. It was so funny. Classic. 
Oh man. But yeah. Um this match was actually I because I watched that breakdown video. I I don't think the IQ wrestler one. I think it was the other one that you sent me. That's the other one that I want to put over as well. I was going to say IQ wrestler's music video. Um, just the, the sort of hype of the entire feud. So bloody well done. I'm a I'm a big fan of of his work in particular. Very very talented individual. But yeah, the other matches did seem to have like similar vibes. This one to me, it felt like almost like forget that other stuff we were doing. There's maybe a little bit of leaning toward that but we're kind of doing a different thing here more of in your face because it was really fucking gritty and it was maybe because i didn't see the cl- complete matches the other ones but this one i mean there were a... definitely some some throwbacks in this one sure, sure. and some little things that i'll be i'll be talking about later especially like into the finish and stuff like that um but start to finish it like had such a rad energy to it and i guess it's an interesting thing too like so you got this series of matches the first the first one, I think, actually took place in fucking um, that. What was that weird? Um, that weird TV project from the Kickstarter uh, that never actually got off wrestling the ground. Wrestling Retribution or something. That's the one wrestling retribution project with uh, yeah. Ryan Katz, was it? Uh, speaking of Joey Ryan. <laughs> <laughs> oh man but so that was sort of like a bit of an unofficial part of the series and then we went on and i think the first two matches were in like evolve and wwn so uh, gabe's sort of um company so this was the first one in pwg and pwg in a sense it's like it's got its own kind of um you know, its own fans that, like, know the lore of PWG and the history of PWG, and, and that's it. So, like, what happens outside of PWG doesn't really count. But I thought this walked the line really well of um, sort of, in a way, if you're in the know, acknowledging some of the stuff that previously happened. But it also totally works if you have no idea of the previous stuff that happened. For sure. But, yeah, the early part of it was, like, so rad of, like, the um, just the sort of, like, counter wrestling and like some of the early submission stuff i remember there was a particular one um where he uh thatcher's like really working over hero's knee um and this is the first one where it like caught me i was like oh this could be the uh the the visual for the illustration you know because when i'm watching this as well i'm sort of keeping an eye out thinking all right this match is so great i think this this could be uh, my match of the week so i'm you know taking the screen grab here or there um for as my reference for the, the illustration and it was yeah that was my first one where i was like oh that's that's pretty damn sick but yeah that early part and then the way it escalates and then gets into the strikes um i thought it just did such a a great job of like escalation of violence is the the way that i put it hell yeah and uh early in the match there was a spot where uh chris hero basically got knocked out and looked like he was dead and kind of the previous matches they were selling how chris hero couldn't knock tim out no matter how hard he tried and then Timothy Thatcher essentially knocks him out early in this fucking match. Hmm. I loved how they uh, Tim sold the dead weight by like rolling him over with his head and pushing him really slowly. And like just basically he couldn't move him because he's such a big guy. So he had to like literally put his full body weight to roll him over to try to get a pinfall attempt. Those little things. I fucking love that kind of stuff. So good. And like that sort of uh, dead cell or 
What's the actual name of it? I think there's this manner of selling actually sort of uh, has, has been made illegal in uh, AEW, if we're to believe the uh, the dirt sheets. What is it? The corpse pose. That's oh, it. Apparently, yeah. Apparently corpse pose is against the rules now, so you can't get away with that kind of selling. I don't know, deal with that, but... I'm cool with them getting rid of the seizure selling because that stuff, especially because the <laughs> referees may not know. Like, <laughs> that gets it's complicated. But yeah, somebody looking like a corpse, you think that should be totally fine. Yeah. I mean, how are you meant to sell if like, we do, we're just ruling out like realistic selling? Is that what we're doing here? Yeah. It's ridiculous. Anyway, yeah, that, that's a sidebar. I just loved how it, or Hero, like, kicking this guy in the chin constantly on the apron repeatedly and Tim just sticking his chin out and eating it like a fucking maniac. Oh, that a... bit on the apron with the repeated like hero doing those big mafia kicks yep. and then um, Thatcher like holding onto that top rope and not going off the apron and just doing this great moment of like fuck you give me another one kind of thing. That was like such an awesome moment. And that I think is where it really got the crowd in and that like, brought him up to another level of just like what we're seeing is fucking magic. Yeah, that's right. Before they showed up in front of my face, like Chris, after that moment is when Chris goes and jumps feet first between the second and the bottom rope and <laughs> lands like a crazy man. Like that shit is so dangerous. You imagine catching your chin on the fucking second rope as you're going through, dude. You fuck yourself up. But yeah, he lands there perfectly, and then Tim jumps down, and they just start brawling all along the ring. And the fans of the PWG, as soon as the bell starts, their chairs, which normally have like a foot, maybe. A foot and a half between the ring. No, they just push them all the way up into the ring. So <laughs> sometimes they literally have to like pick up all their chairs and move out of the way. It's ridiculous. It is complete chaos. Like just that, it makes like the brawling in the crowd all the more like. <laughs> how are people not like just getting seriously injured from having wrestlers fall on them in the years of uh, PWG <laughs> at Receder? I don't know. Imagine it's happened at least once or twice, but maybe no one's too litigious. They're like, hey, man, I I knew the risk. I didn't get out of the way. It's part of being, you know, part of the PWG family. You may have a motherfucker fall on you. You get up, you dust yourself off. No big deal. <laughs> 100%. One time I was at a PWG and my chair broke out from under me. You know what I did? I got up and got another chair. There you go. So there. <laughs> Not a very good example. Uh, <laughs> also, after they, they they did this, when they were fighting so rudely by me, they started, uh, Tim was just European uppercutting him all around the ring, and they he knocked him down, like, right by the entryway. And he started, Tim started wiping his feet. Yes. Like, you know, the cocky way that people do. Like a and Chuck one. Taylor on com Yes, yes. Chuck Taylor's on commentary. He's like, maybe he got some beer on his shoe and he's drying it off. <laughs> Which, like, to be fair, like, knowing that they do, 50% chance that would happen. 100% that could have also been true. So good. I love it. Yeah, the other bit, I was like, it's funny, when you're looking at this from sort of like an illustration perspective, that moment that we were just talking about with, like, the kicking him off the apron and that, and that moment of defiance or whatever, that was, yeah. like, I was like, oh, this is fucking magic. I want to get, like, you know, a reference to this. But the way, like, 
you know, like we were saying last time, sometimes the camera just, like, doesn't get in the position you would really love to get, like, a, you know, nice, uh, nicely framed, re- framed res- reference shot there. So I was like, fuck, I wish the camera just got a little bit more in there. That was magic. So I, I couldn't go with that one. Um, the other thing I was thinking about, there was some nice, like, Euros and um, there were all those big uh, Yakuza Mafia kicks going on. That was pretty rad. Um, but I was like, oh, you know, like... Hero hitting like a mafia kick. It's a sick visual, but like that's been done kind of thing. Oh yeah, that's it's like a lot of a lot place. of rad art out there of him doing that. Um, but then yeah, the moment that caught me was that one where of just Hero's fucking selling. After I think Hero was on Thatcher for a bit, and then Thatcher caught him with something and just knocked him loopy. And then Hero's like doing his massive sell job, and then he has this like his face like resting on the on rope. that bottom rope. And he just has this, like, amazing, like, far-out, glassy-eyed look on his face. Like, my life just got fucked up. <laughs> yeah, I think somebody, I think it was, something happened and somebody went for a pinfall, one of the two, and then, yeah, there was a kick out, and then Chris was just laying there on the ropes. Yeah, mm. that was a tremendous visual. You're 100% correct. So good. And then it also got even better, because then, in the background, Thatcher's, like, just boning on up like he's got in that classic sort of like pose that you see him in quite a bit where he's like on his knees and he's just got this look of like fucking like grouchy temerity on his face he's got like the 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 fists like balled up and just like i don't know just captured so much of the magic of like sort of the awesomeness of heroes selling and like thatcher's character and sort of like thing of the match i just i dug it that was the moment where i was like all right we're done here that's that's the moment I think that was after maybe like the series with the snap pile driver. It might have been what that was. But there was a really good spot. I don't know if you caught this uh, when he, uh, Chris was going for the gotch style pile driver. And mm-hmm. as soon as his hands clasped, is when Tim did the back body drop. Like, literally, like he would have had to hear him say now for him to like do it so perfectly timing. Like, because you thought he was going to snap it again, but no. Back body drop. Oh, so good. So much of the timing of these guys, like that's my, my I think my favorite thing about like this hero Thatcher whole like series is just their level of um, chemistry. I guess you know it's like you rarely see dudes that just have such a magical chemistry. And what you're saying, like timing, and and like just that that real split second timing, that to me is like that real magic of dudes that just like fucking gel with one another as like dream opponents kind of thing, you know? For sure. For sure. Um, I actually wanted to talk to you about something I didn't really consider before. What is the difference between the, the Yakuza kick and the bicycle kick? It's just like, aren't they the same thing? That's what Chris Hero does. Like, I would say not technically. So for for me as a definition, a, a Yakuza or Mafia kick is sort of your, your you know, uh, big big boot kind of thing, like running big boot even. Like, like um, uh, Trent Acid did. Yeah, yeah, Trent Acid, man. That, he always had one of the bloody best or like, um, you know, Chono as well, really the master of it. Um, Maybe it's because they fucked up during the match and called it a like a – yakuza kick when he did one of the the pump bicycle kicks and i got confused because i definitely was familiar with trent acid's version being specifically different he's like literally running and putting the bottom of the foot through somebody's chest like that's essentially what's going on there 
Yeah, all, all through the face, as you see yeah, a lot of the face. time in this match. <laughs> but, I mean, the the pump kick or bicycle kick to me was always more like your your classic, like, Akira Tozawa kind of one, where they, like, visibly jump well, up off the other leg, and then you have that sort of, like, swish scissor sort of, like, For sure, effect. like Seamus kind of does yeah, one of those, yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 That would be my, uh, my expert uh, differentiation on those two. <laughs> Uh, I also back to the commentary. I just uh, toward the end of the match, Chuck and uh, Excalibur just started going off about Tim's face and how grizzled he looks, and it's <laughs> just running this man's face down. <laughs> it's so funny. I love it. It's really part of the one of the best features of, of Thatcher. Just this this grizzled looking motherfucker. And like he leads into it, you know, with like the fact that the missing tooth and everything. Yeah, hundred percent. I saw a picture the other day of him smiling, actually. It was he's in the background of this photo where Black Taurus is holding the dick of an inflatable sex doll and Tim's in the background <laughs> looking over just like really amused that he's shaking this dick's <laughs> So that's all we need to to get the the rare ultra rare smile of Timothy Thatcher. You just need to need a fucking strap on or dildo of some sort. But you have to be a, you have to be a luchador, a, a Taurus man, some sort of minotaur. That's that's his specific joy, you know. Who are we to hey, question that? That's the man's kink. Yeah, nothing wrong with that. I ain't no kink shamer. No, sir. I, you, I've never known you, known you to be one, sir. Not my, yeah, no, <laughs> not, my, not my experience. Oh, man. But just tremendous. And like what you're saying about like the timing, just like the beautiful timing of that like snap quick as fuck like pile driver. Yeah. No yeah. one to me has ever done that as good as Hero. Like oh. I know um, Tony Storm was uh, doing that for a while, but like it's not the same thing. No. And if Hero's people are not master. getting hurt at all, then that's clean as fuck and hats off to Chris. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Just like so many ways, like I, I always put over Hero. Just like what he's doing is like just something that's on another level with what everyone else is doing, you know? And, uh, there's Right before the finish, uh, or what, actually there was a false finish that was really good, but right before that, there was a part where Tim was trying to get up and he just had to use Chris's hero to even get himself on his feet. And then Chris just landed a series of elbows on him. And you would think a man who was just barely able to stand up would fall down. But that's one of the moments where Tim just, you know, nutted up. His ugly face came out again. He started <laughs> putting his chin out and everything. So I, you can't underappreciate the man's facial selling. You know, it's fucking ridiculous. It's one of the real magical points of wrestling, like the dudes that have those just like facial expressions make such a big impact to me of like good pro wrestling. Like you think of a dude like a like a William Regal, um, and and those just mastery of of facial expressions. That is just so rad. Yeah, hence why you pick that awesome expression of Chris to do your art. Like he looks so dazed and out of sorts, and <laughs> like he's like. Do I have to continue doing this? Because it doesn't seem to be working. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and yeah, that finishing stretch, man, like that bloody tombstone, just one of the nicest, most snug-looking tombstones that you ever did see. But it looked like he totally slipped out of his hands, too, at the same time and literally landed on his head. It was like 
in a whole match where everything was so beautiful, it almost was like the perfect ugly way to end this tremendous match because he's just like bonk on your head. Yeah, yeah, it looked like he fucking murdered him. I yeah. love it. <laughs> I mean, they're my favorite kind of like pile drivers or tombstones, like the ones that really look like ugly and messy. Like it's the same thing if you ever see any um, like uh, Billy Robinson um, stuff. The way he did his um, sort of like tombstone variation was very similar, where he'd kind of like drop the dude as he did it. So it kind of just looked like really like messy and, and gnarly. So I wouldn't be surprised if, you know, Hero specifically was uh, inspired by Billy in that way. Yeah. Perhaps. And actually, you know what? I, I the, the picture you talked about, I thought it was based off something early in the match. I think that came off of the first. They had a false finish here where uh, there was like a flurry by Tim. They go off the ropes and then Chris Hero, Chris Hero had sets up for the death blow. And then Tim hits him with a headbutt. And then. That's when they go for the oh, pin. So good. Everyone bites. Like literally the entire crowd thought that was the finish. And then Chris popped out. Then he landed on the ropes and was like, oh, I survived that. That's fucking bananas. <laughs> Such a perfect New near choice fall. shot, by the way. Dude. Oh, thanks, man. Yeah, it's uh yeah. I, I get a little bit blurry on the exact um moment of, of the match where it sort of so like I just took some good notes but just such an iconic visual yeah good job sir you, you're bringing the professionalism here I, I'll admit I, I did not take any notes for this match I would have <laughs> forgot bro. It, it, it's more so this show wasn't me and you just talking about oh yeah it was so good what what happened I don't know but remember how good it was it was like good <laughs> <laughs> I it's a funny thing sometimes when you're remembering wrestling, right? It's mm. like sometimes you don't remember the specifics, but you remember how the moments made you feel. 100%. And I think that's a sign of a truly great match. Agreed, agreed. Well, I, that's just my bullshit excuse on not taking notes. <laughs> no, I, I I don't disagree with you because normally I, I don't remember a lot of stuff from matches. I definitely more about the vibe that I came away from, like. If it was like a hero's victory or, you know, the villain got over and how that makes me feel. But when you're going on to a podcast and like, you know, when I'm breaking it down, you kind of want to be able to say, hey, this specific thing happened. And hey, Definitely this helps. is your show, pal. Do you want to phone it in? If you want to phone it in, hey, by all means. <laughs> Just kidding, just kidding. Hey, I'll let you know. I, I took notes on the previous one, okay? Uh, no this, problem. Uh, this one, nah. I gotta, I gotta give you a bit of <laughs> no, a hard no. time. I, I appreciate a bit of, a bit of ball busting. I mm-hmm. appreciate it. That's what gives us our magical dynamic, you know? We're not afraid to do a little, little busting of the balls. No, sir. Not at all. Yeah, I like it. I like it. But yeah, buddy, tremendous match. Um, and I was just like, as soon as I saw it, I was like, this is just... I, it doesn't get better than this. Of course, this is going to be the match of the week. Uh, and then we went on to to uh, watch the 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 um, you know the rematch that just happened the other day. Um, and and also a great yeah, how match. was that? I didn't get a chance to see it yet. I mean, it was so interesting. Um, great write up on it. I want to put over um, Joseph Montesio again. He uh, has a, a website, josephmontesio.com, uh, where he does a ma- bunch of rad um, match reviews. Mm-hmm. Um, and his level of, like, breaking down an insight and critical analysis of these matches is, I just can't say enough good things about it. Sometimes, like, I love Un- Uncle Dave, right? 
Um, but sometimes you're reading the, the newsletter and he's, you know, everyone, like, you know, obviously puts so much into his, his match reviews and how many stars it gets or whatever. But when he's talking about the match, a lot of the time the only real thing, he'll just kind of, like, describe the moves that happened and, like, almost, like, give a bit of a play-by-play of it. And he doesn't actually put that much into a critical analysis of the match, like, whether it's from, like, an artistic perspective or a storytelling perspective or whatever. Whereas... Um, I thought Joseph dude just did such a great job of um of of breaking that down and made me really kind of think about it a bit more. So I want to make sure to put over him. But the big sort of like contrasting thing that I thought of these two matches, obviously this this one that just happened on Saturday was like after Hero coming back from a massive um time off. So obviously like his his cardio and that isn't going to be in the same place as when it was at, at this time. So it was noticeably um slower and and a bit more methodical if that made sense whereas this one was like a lot more like um fast paced for the fast kind of bits. Yeah. Um I mean it also I, I do put over the the recent one because there was almost like so many slow bits that made those mo- those like big impactful sort of moments mean more. So that's kind of a cool pacing deal, I guess. Um, I, I think as well, one of the other things that, that Joe um, Montesio dude said that I thought was a great point is when you watch that final match, if you're just watching that as a one-off without sort of like the knowledge of the previous matches, I think you'd just be, you wouldn't be as impressed. But when you watch it within the the scope of of this entire series, and realize all of the teasers and the callbacks and all these little subtleties that are going on, that's like, oh, this is a callback to match number four. This is a a tease of what happened in match number five. You know, um, I think it means all the more. So I definitely feel like when you're watching it in that sense, and if that is sort of like the the end of the series um I, th- I thought it was great work um as a as a one-off i think this match that we're talking about the the pwg match was was uh, the better match in in my opinion but you know i, I just love watching these dude re- dudes wrestle at the end of the day well again yeah, yeah i'll definitely check it out if they put it up on youtube for people to view for free i can see why they wouldn't keep it up there I, who knows yeah, I mean, I hope that if they have sort of more of a final edited version that they release or, like, put on, um, I don't know what streaming service they're on, in, independentwrestling.tv, I think. Um, the My only complaint of this show was that I thought the audio mixing was, like, fucking trash and, like, frustrated the shit out of me because I don't know about you, but I get so annoyed when, like, they have the, the commentators up really loud and then the the house sound really low so they had that so it like really took away from you couldn't really hear a lot of the strikes and stuff that was going on or like the crowd noise as much and then the other thing that really sucked was they actually had and this is like more from like a bit of an audio nerd perspective but they had the sound from each camera coming from the individual camera so when they cut from the um when they cut from the the uh, you know main um camera i can't remember the name of it but you know what i mean like the main one that has the whole ring and then they cut to the yeah the hard cam to the ringside cam it actually changed audio from one camera to the other so you had like a noticeable difference that's hilarious (laughs) annoyed the shit out of me dude i was like like some really good points of this show but like that side of it just annoyed the shit out of me so hopefully they they tidy that up in 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 post (laughs) yeah 
I saw he had his his boots off in at the end. Did he announce retirement yeah. or did, what's going on? So he teased the whole thing um, before the match. He posted during the day, uh, win, lose, or draw, I'm going to have an announcement after the match. And I was like, oh, fuck, you know, and I was kind of get that little bit of dread because yeah, I, I don't want to see, like, one of my favorite wrestlers ever retire. Um, so then after the match, he did a nice little after-the-match speech and that and um, had some fun with the crowd and it's just, like, really good. But then he, like, slowly, like, took off his boots, he, like, unzipped them, put them in the ring. The, the audience got deathly quiet. You could hear, like, a pin drop. Um and everyone was just like, oh, fuck, you know, like the, the breath has gone out. Like, oh, shit, what do we, have we just seen Chris Hero's last ever match? And they were so quiet for this extended period. This is like zoom in on the boots in the ring. And there he's like West Coast Pro uh, specific like signature boots. Mm-hmm. So they say like West Coast on, on each of the, the boots, which is pretty, pretty cool boots. And then he was just like, Oh, I was fucking mad. I just like just like see these cool boots. A lot of these boots. I'm just not gonna retire. Oh man. So I was like, it's funny, you sort of like in a way you're like a little bit pissed off for like the near like heart palpitations that you get out of this. Like yeah. your heart just sinking, but then it's like you get the happiness of knowing obviously it's it's not over. And it's then like... they announced fucking um his Sorry? I was gonna say it's like thinking you're thirty eight when you find out you're thirty seven. It's like yeah, oh man, I was bummed out, but this is great news. <laughs> Speaking of callbacks, well done, sir. Well done. But yeah, then they, they go on to announce it's going to be uh, Hero um, teaming with uh, with Kenta on the next show, which I'm uh, super stoked about. That should be rad. Yeah, so I'm very, very pumped. Um, happy to see Hero back. Um, he did say in his post-match speech sort of like how much kind of happiness, like wrestling and, and getting to have matches and all of that kind of like gave him and how it was sort of like a bit of a dark time when he was like away from wrestling in that sense, which I sort of like related to in a weird way from like, I mean, obviously, like, my own day wrestling, I, I wouldn't compare in any sense to someone as great as Hero. Um, but in the same way, it's sort of like when I had to finish and I was told by doctors I couldn't ever wrestle again, there was, like, this really weird adjustment period where I was just like, sure. life is just strange now without, like, having this thing that was, like, such a normal or big part of your life for, like, five years. So I could call it, sort of, like, relate in a, in a sense to him in that, in that way. Totally, I understand that for sure. Yeah, but no, great, uh, great match, uh, great, uh, great podcast, man. That was a real fun episode. Thanks for having me, man. I love it. Oh, dude, absolutely welcome. Thank you for coming on the show, and I'd love to keep this uh, uh, semi-regular thing of uh, having you on every now and then, man. Appreciate it. Yeah, I'd, I, I'm happy to do it. Oh, thank you. I've, I've missed it very much. <laughs> yeah, I, I. I miss you, Marion. It's been too long. Aww. I want a hug. Yeah. <laughs> hug <laughs> over the airways, bro. Yeah, things got weird. Things got weird here at the end. We gotta go. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, we'll wrap this up. Thank you so much for doing the show, yes, my sir. dude. Um, I'll uh, throw to you. You got any? Give me plugs, guys. Yeah, you can follow me on social media at James Vanderbeek. It's J A I M S Vanderbeek on both Instagram and Twitter and threads. 
I think it's similar on Blue Sky or whatever. Um, but also, I am part of a wrestling promotion called SOS Pro Wrestling. We are on IWTV, so you can watch us there, listen to our or watch our most recent shows. Woo. And we go live at least once a month. Our next show is on December 8th. So you can listen to me mark, remark and comment about professional wrestling as it occurs live in the professional wrestling ring. And it's it's awesome, Chris. A couple of shows back, they, they chanted for me. They, they chanted James. It was tremendous. Ooh, dang. That's nice. Hearing people chant even your fake name is rad as hell. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. I love that for you. That's awesome. And uh, make sure that we will not forget plugging your um, your timekeeper duties for Defy. Oh, yes, indeed. Uh, I ring a bell periodically for Defy. I was bummed, man. I thought I was going to uh, do timekeeping for GCW. When I got there, they said somebody else was doing it. So I had to sit and watch wrestling and just not do oh, anything. Oh, it was a that's outrageous. I thought I was going to be able to put that on my resume. I'd like to think that every every wrestling promotion, every place that has a show at that great venue, I feel like you're just the house um, timekeeper. Yeah, uh, that's that's how it is. I agree, hundred percent. We'll need to have a chat a chat with Brett about that <laughs> for sure. I'll, I'll talk to him when I'm in Philadelphia. Hey, man, I'm here <laughs> for the job. Yeah, well, I hope I hope you very I very much hope you get that um that as timekeeper uh, responsibilities for the the Philly shows. Is is Defy doing a show in Philly? Is that yeah, yeah, they're they're opening the collective, so they're gonna have the first mat or the first show as in the collective on Thursday morning, and I've already you know slated myself to be the timekeeper for that one. So maybe I'll just stay in the building and never leave and watch the rest of the shows. <laughs> Do it. You're not getting me out of this seat. You're not getting this hammer out of my hand. <laughs> no. <laughs> well, if uh, for all of our listeners who may be in Philly, make sure to check out the uh, the the very handsome debonair um, oh, timekeeper for the Defy show. Mm-hmm. Uh, on that note, I'll thank the team at Social Suplex. Thanks for uh, allowing us to do this podcast. Check out socialsuplex.com. A whole gaggle of other rad wrestling podcasts you can check out, from Keeping It Strong Style, the New Japan podcast, to One Nation Radio, uh, to All Things Elite. Yes, we are maybe cutting their grass a little bit with us talking a bit of elite wrestling, but uh, nothing wrong with that. A little bit of healthy competition, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> Um, but uh, also want to want to plug my my shit. You know, jump on ChrisThings.com.au. Uh, you can buy yourself some Prinskys. You can read my my write up that I do for each of these match of the weeks. Um, I've got the deets about the podcast on there. Heck, hit me up for a commission. You got a rad idea of a match of your own that you'd like me to art up, like I do these other matches of the week. Hit me up. Let's do it. Let's bring this into existence. Or if you got like a weird fucking commission idea for like your girlfriend's birthday of like the road warriors hitting the the uh, demolition device. Is it the demolition device? The shoulder one? Is that what it's called? Doomsday. Doomsday device. Fuck me, man. Brain injuries. Uh, the hitting the doomsday device. Let's let's make fucking hawk into your dog. That sounds like it'd be rad. Let's do it. The doomsday advice. <laughs> yeah, actually, Chris did a tremendous photo. Of, Chris did a cra- crazy good illustration about my uh, little deceased doggy Bentley. It was 
him as Stone Cold Steve Austin. I fucking loved it. It was rad as hell. Oh, thanks, man. That was, that was a lot of fun to do. He was very, very handsome mug of a dog. Mm-hmm. Very nice. But, uh, yeah, hit me up with that. Um, you can check, uh, check me out on the Instagram, the Twitter, all at uh, Chris Things. Keep up with my shit. But, uh, no, thank you very much for listening listeners this has been our longest episode yet i believe because we had a little bit of a little bit of bullshit in here or there but maybe that's a good thing i don't know we'll see how we go but i'll um i'll see y'all later for our um our next episode and for our art curator series as well a wrestling art curator series uh have a, a very special announcement for our next guest on that um but if you haven't already our uh, my chat with with sam evans uh rad wrestling artist uh based in um in Australia over here like myself very fun fun chat some good stuff there so check that out but uh, thanks again for your time for welcoming us into your earbuds Uh, thanks a lot thanks a lot thanks guys bye Nice.